Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bowl, Director of Public Affairs. You know, we have so much going on all across Missouri in the ag tech and innovation space. There's, it's really the center of the world for ag tech and innovation. And some of you have probably heard us talking about the advanced leadership class that we're getting started this year. And uh, at Missouri Farm Bureau, we call it Farm Bureau Impact. And with that first class, we're focusing all year on ag innovation all across Missouri. So we're going to have a guest on today to hopefully be the first in what might be somewhat of a, maybe you could call it a mini series of episodes about ag innovation in Missouri. And we're going to start in Kansas City. So we're joined by Bob Peterson, who's the executive director of the Agribusiness Council of Kansas City. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Eric. Delight, delighted to be on, uh, on with you and delighted to uh, be thinking out loud with you about this uh, intriguing topic, intriguing and dynamic topic. Absolutely. It really is interesting. And there's so much going on right now in Kansas City and across the whole state, all, all around um, what's happening through the corridor that begins in um, even a little west of Kansas City and goes all the way across the state to St. Louis. So much innovation happening. But let's start off talking a little bit about yourself and the Agribusiness Council uh, over there in Kansas City. It's it's you, you are so highly respected, known by many people around Missouri. And uh, I think that the Agribusiness Council is seen as a, a model for other cities around the country. You guys have just done such a great job bringing people together over there. But could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the council and, and how that all got started? Be happy to, Eric. Um, I'm at the stage of my career where I look back fondly. You know, and I've met a lot of people along the way and made a lot of friendships, and some of them turned out to be very successful. But I've had I've had the opportunity to do a lot of fun things. I grew up on a small, diversified uh, farm and ranch uh, in the central part of Nebraska of all places, and then got the political bug. I think some other people have had that experience too, and went off and spent 20 years in Washington, D.C. as a lobbyist for a great association, and then fortunate to come back to the Midwest uh, in 2000 as president of the Kansas City Board of Trade, which was a wonderful experience, great group of people, great business, but you know, the Kansas City Board of Trade, like uh, its predecessor, the livestock um, stockyards, you know, these things, these physical things sometimes have a shelf life. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the case of the Kansas City Board of Trade, their trading platform, their physical trading platform was bought by the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and taken electronic, you know, in that era of what all was converting over. And, you know, somewhat similar to the stockyards, we don't see grain traded physically, you know, in a pit environment like we used to, nor do we see cattle congregated in the stockyards. All that economic activity still happens. And uh, Kansas City is still a leading hub for all of that, even though it happens uh, not in the obvious ways that it used to. So those are some of my stops along the way. <clears throat> I also later in life did a five-year stint at the American Royal as president and CEO there. So all of these are wonderful formative experiences and you meet a lot of great people along the way. And along the way, in about 2003, a group of us in Kansas City who had leadership uh, roles in agribusiness groups uh, decided, you know, the Chamber of Commerce uh, had done away with its ag committee, and there was really nobody here focused on it. And I think uh, it was actually a Missouri Farm Bureau uh, predecessor at the time, Lowell Moeller, told Gina Bowman, uh, and Gina was the founder of the council and still active, but Gina was then active with farmland 
industries. He said, Gina, somebody needs to put this together. And uh, Gina got a dozen of her friends together. And like I say, that was 2003. And our reference point, Eric, at that time was the St. Louis Agribusiness Club. And they had a very successful, very active uh, group there. And uh, so we modeled a lot of our early work after what they did. And, and their big event was their uh, congressional tour that they did, I think, every other year. Uh, huge undertaking. We've never been that brave to uh, try a congressional tour. But what we do fundamentally is we're a networking opportunity. We are, to describe it in a simple way, and like an egg committee for a chamber of commerce. And we're advocates and we try and bring understanding and awareness in, you know, in a simple way, I guess you might say we're cheerleaders. We're cheerleaders for agriculture and agribusiness. And in this urban metro center, uh, we try and let people know that agriculture is still a big deal and it still forms the underpinning of this economy. And we do an economic analysis every five years or so to kind of underscore that. We don't really do a lot of lobbying or issue advocacy because Many of our groups are engaged in that in their own right. And, you know, not everybody agrees on everything. So we stay out of that, but we do get involved in broader based issues. But mostly what you would, what we do, you could call networking and informing. And the meat and potatoes of our networking is we do a monthly luncheon every month uh, during the course of the year with nationally prominent speakers who have local roots. And along the way, two or three of those monthly event events we make into special events. Uh, in September, we have an Ag Outlook Forum, which has grown to attract 350 people or so, and typically centers around the USDA chief economist. In this case, a, a very uh, well-respected FAPRI alumni, uh, Dr. Seth Myers, who's important to us. And most years, we have the Secretary of Agriculture on the program and a lot of other leading uh, business and, and civic people. In uh, May, another of our special events is what we call our Dillingham Award, named after the longtime president and CEO of the Kansas City Stockyards, J.B. Dillingham. And uh, we honor um, an outstanding leader from Kansas, an outstanding leader from Missouri. And, you know, I'm thinking we intersect a lot with Farm Bureau because our uh, honoree this past year was your own Diane Olson who right. just retired and was a longtime participant. And uh, in addition to being truly a wonderful people who has done a lot for Missouri Farm Bureau and a lot for rural youth, uh, not only Missouri, but across the nation. So having said all of that, it kind of brings us, brings me to the, the third uh, special event we do. And that was, that is our Ag Innovation Forum, which we just wrapped up about a week ago, February 10, here in Kansas City, and and it was a great a great event. Absolutely, yeah. There's so much going on over there, and you covered a lot of it there in your your introduction to it. Uh, yeah, and Diane Olson was such a big part of the council for so many years, and it always enjoyed being able to network with the other people, not just from Missouri, but from the Kansas side as well. And that's one of the things that's interesting about Kansas City is. It does straddle the border there. There's a lot happening on the Kansas and the Missouri side, both. Um, a lot of uh, people from K-State come to uh, and participate in the Agribusiness, Agricultural Business Council, um, but also a lot of Mizzou people as well and, and others tossed in there, people from Nebraska even, as yourself. <laughs> um, we, it's, uh, it's great to see everybody coming together in sort of that mixing bowl 
uh, of Kansas City and seeing what they can do to pull in the same direction. Um, but that's something that I think has always been so interesting about Kansas City is the the history that's there. And you've touched on that too. Um, Garrett Hawkins, our president, often has been recently talking about how Missouri and Kansas City is a big piece of this, has such an important historical role to play in agricultural leadership around the around the world, really, um, but especially uh, around the country, because the National FFA organization got its start in Kansas City. Uh, the in, the entire uh, Farm Bureau movement began just east of Kansas City in Slater, Missouri. It was the first meeting, and um, the Missouri Farm Bureau is the very first Farm Bureau that uh, was founded. And there's so much that happened as the as as I guess the city developed as a center of agriculture, um, and you still see that today, don't you? You absolutely do. And like I say, the roots of it are all still here. And we still have in Kansas City, I think it's the number four largest beef processing company is headquartered here. We have uh, major grain merchants uh, headquartered here. Schooler, big office for the Andersons, former Lansing Trade, um, the former Cereal Foods Processing, uh, one of the largest wheat milling companies in the country. So all of those businesses are still here. All, those, all that economic activity, um, Hostess has a big plant here. So, you know, when you look at it all together, it's still a big part of GDP. And, you know, one of our missions, uh, we're always thinking workforce development in this day and age and bringing and, and what we can do to bring new labor and new ideas and new energy to agriculture. But I think it behooves all of us to be telling our youngsters that, you know, there are good jobs, uh, cool jobs and well-paying jobs uh, available in agriculture and agribusiness. Absolutely. And, and we're trying to focus on the subject this year of, agri- of uh, agricultural innovation. And you mentioned that last week was the Agricultural Innovation Forum uh, that the club hosts every year. And uh, I was able, fortunately, to go to that last week. It was really fascinating to hear from some of the speakers that are um, on the cutting edge of agriculture and taking that history and building upon it for tomorrow. Uh, well, just from your perspective, you, you've got such a deep history in all of this your roots uh, go so deep in the Kansas City area. What what have you seen um, in the past few years that has been changing and um, developing in that ag innovation space there? It is just remarkable. Uh, you know, I've been in the workforce over 40 years. And uh, maybe we always feel like we're seeing something new evolve. But I don't recall ever in my working career being aware of this wave of new ideas, uh, innovation and technology that we've seen emerging over the last couple of years. It's just, uh, it, it's just incredible. And we look around in agriculture and here in Kansas City, you alluded to, we, we are headquarters home also to the uh, Animal Health Corridor, uh, which is a bit of a triangle from St. Joseph to, to Manhattan to Columbia. And you know maybe they got some of this jump started, getting everybody focused on, on the big number of animal health companies in in that area. But you look around, and there are so many new ideas, uh, fascinating ideas. You know, and I think of some of the entrepreneurs that we had on our panel. We had uh, Kevin Johansson. He's a young guy. He's out there. He's uh, promoting a new concept called the Egg Butler, which is uh, trying to address in a very simple way. Uh, labor issues, uh, finding local labor 
for producers and he's he's getting good traction out there and he's in a number of states a number of locations it's it's kind of fun to watch these things we had another entrepreneur on the program who um, was talking about developing sensor types of things that look at animals and can sense changes in their health and in their patterns and give people maybe before you would recognize it, uh, advance notice two days beforehand that there's something that that animal need, needs to be attended to. Uh, we have people in, in the dairy sector, uh, DFA of course is headquartered in Kansas City. They're active in promoting innovation in, in their own right and a big part of the Sprint Innovation Center. And there's a lot going on in dairy, whether it's a robotics or animal health or nutrition or whatever. So it's it's all sectors. Uh, you know, a big part, uh, we opened our, our um, meeting. Our first panel was really, I guess you would call it on digital agriculture. We called it uh, geospatial engineering, which is a fancy word for um, precision agriculture. And you think of all of the changes that those in the equipment industry have brought forward in the last five years. My goodness, you know, John Deere is ready to commercialize an autonomous tractor. Uh, you know, how fascinating is that? Yeah. But there's all these derivations from it. And a lot of it revolves around digitally collected data. And then you've got, well, how do I sift through that? What is meaningful? How do I not get overwhelmed. What could really be useful to my operation? What's affordable? You know, where do I put my priorities and all of this? Because uh, you can measure just about anything now. Uh, you, you could, you know, from, from seed health to plant health to application rates for herbicides, fungicides, you know, the, the whole ball of wax. So it's, it's amazing. And there are new ideas that are coming forth every day. Absolutely. And you you mentioned the animal health corridor being centered there on Kansas City, but also the surrounding communities as well. What are some of the things that you've seen in that that animal health space that are are really exciting about the future that are happening right in Kansas City and, and the surrounding area? You know they're big and they they've been around now. Longer time gets away. You know they've probably been doing this ten or fifteen years now come to think about it. And uh, your goalie, who was then running the bear animal health business, was one of the movers in it. And, you know, the original goal was uh, workforce, really. And how do we create a labor pool that we can all mutually benefit from? And you've got the land-grant colleges in the area. You've got the research being done by these companies. And the Animal Health Corridor, in their own right, has big events every year where they're encouraging innovation in animal health. They're, they have sessions where investors come in and can listen to people pitching their new ideas and all of this. And we, you know, it seems like routinely we see announcements of this new animal health company forming, or, you know, then you get into the stage where a larger company steps in and buys it and takes it on to the, to the next stage. So it's become an ongoing process. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was really interested in the uh, the first major speaker that was on the program last week was Ben Johnson, who I have had the the good fortune to get to know from. I maybe the I guess I am the only person that um, is is uh, fortunate enough to serve on the board of both your 
organization and the St. Louis Agribusiness Club living uh, in the middle of the state, we sort of get to straddle both sides and see what's happening in Kansas City, see what's happening in St. Louis. And we've worked a lot with Ben and BioSTL, um, which is the organization that he is a part of. And they've done so much on rural healthcare and rural development, economic development, but also ag innovation. Um, and it was interesting to hear his perspective. And I'm wondering what you heard in that in his presentation, being on coming from the Kansas City side. What do you think the Kansas City can learn from St. Louis and vice versa? How can both parts of both sides of the state work together to make each one better? You know, it gives us in Kansas City uh, something to aspire to. It's really remarkable. I think the confluence of forces that has come together in St. Louis to build an amazing, uh, an amazing ecosystem in, in the biggest and best and broadest sense. And I was doing a little bit of research on Ben's organization. Ben did a great job in, uh, on our program in talking about that and the pillars for success that they found. And I'm amazed, you know, with the Danforth family and the leadership role they played civically, philanthropically in so many areas in the, in the uh, St. Louis region. And to see what they've spearheaded and been part of uh, with all of these aspects to it. You know, it, in Kansas City, we have our Animal Health Corridor, which is just kind of one little piece in, when you look at the totality, the, whole, the wholeness of what uh, the St. Louis effort is. So we have, uh, we, you know, we aspire to, to great things too and would love to see us be able to maybe engage in some, something somewhat similar uh, in terms of animal agriculture, a little bit broader than just the animal health corridor, but an animal agriculture in general and being able to foster and nurture uh, innovation in somewhat the same way um, that, that the efforts at St. Louis has. It's, it, they, they've had remarkable success and I take my hat off to them on, on everything they've accomplished and hope we can learn from them. They're very nice, very good people, very open people to work with. Yeah, and, and I think they would say the same about, about you and people in Kansas City, there's a lot that um, the, the east side of the state can learn from Kansas City as well. Um, and I guess with, with those conversations, especially like you mentioned with um, Ben and BioSTL and the, um, I think that the capital investment that they've brought into the area that really focuses on um, the agricultural sector and ag innovation was, has been massively important. Um, but also the physical space that they've created at the 39 North District there. I heard some people in Kansas City at the event last week talking about how those are things that they'd really like to see uh, come together in Kansas City as sort of a long part of a long-term project. And I'm wondering if, if you agree with that, that that's what needs to happen next uh, to develop the ecosystem in Kansas City, or what are the next steps that you see over the horizon to make it even better, take it from where it is today to where you want to be? You know, those would, would be good goals. I mean, to look at, at those types of things and say, we, we've got to do things in steps. And I think, first of all, in Kansas City, we need to come up with a strategy. And it's a, it's a big idea. I mean, this is something that is, I mean, this is a big idea. This is a big undertaking when you look at what's been accomplished in St. Louis. And it takes an entity, uh, individual, uh, family and entity uh, with a lot of, I think, prominence, uh, commitment, 
and funding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not sure which, what one leads the other, but clearly at, at the end of the day, there has to be a significant funding source that serves as an investor to attract these bright ideas. Mm -hmm. And you, I think, need a driving personality, perhaps like Dr. Danforth, who makes it all happen, who is the person with the vision. So it takes uh, all these different ingredients to come together, and it's a, um, it, it's a big lift. It's a big undertaking, and uh, there, there are uh, other people like you and I uh, who are very interested in this subject, and, and I hope we can see some strategies evolve and, and a plan so we can start moving ahead. You know, the good thing um, about the Agricultural Business Council of Kansas City, as you mentioned before, is that we have uh, friends and members on the Missouri side and friends and members on the Kansas side. Sometimes that darn river is a problem, though. Uh, when you get into jurisdictional issues. So uh, what we're about here is trying to find ways to you know, bring everybody together and build bridges, literally, in how we can all do this as a region. Uh, but it gets complicated sometimes. Well, that's certainly true. And it's growing up close to Kansas City, that's something that I think has been an issue for, for the entire history of the city. Um, and sometimes it's been uh, pretty successful at bridging that gap and finding ways for both sides to work together. And Certainly hope that this can be one of those. Um, what are the uh, the things that that you think um, are most important to the members of the council uh, to have in your monthly programs? What are the type of things that you guys look for when you're uh, helping to schedule out the rest of the year and see what might be of value to the members? You know, such a good question. And in the, the short answer is what we try and do is and we put a lot of work into this uh, because we will attract 70 people or so to our monthly luncheons and it's not easy to find a compelling topic and maybe that's the right word is a compelling topic that attracts that much uh, interest and you know the short answer is we we look for nationally prominent speakers with local roots and we've had, we've had a fair amount of success at that as we look ahead to the coming year of timely topics. Uh, how about the meat industry? You know, there's a lot of chatter about the meat industry. Uh, supply chain caused a lot of dislocations in supply and labor and complicated lives and markets for everybody, not just the meat sector, but the grocery, the food processing, et cetera. <clears throat> but we'll have the, um, the president of North American Meat Institute, Julianne Potts, uh, with us at our at our March meeting coming up, uh, you know we're already looking down the road. Uh, one of the programs I'm working on right now is on the uh, egg supply chain uh, for June, and who are some of the key players in there? Whether they're equipment, chemical makers, or whatever. But you've got to have, I think, cutting edge topics that are that are interesting to people that makes them makes them take time out of their day, especially if they're driving from Columbia or if they're driving from Manhattan, Kansas. It's not like it's next door. Uh, that's a pretty much a day commitment, really, by the time you get in your car and drive that distance and have lunch and, and turn around and go back. Um, we do some regular features uh, at the first of, of the year, every year in January. We do a legal update. Uh, this year, we focused on some things like uh, cybersecurity 
immigration uh, tax issues that may or may not be emanating from the new administration. You know, all timely types of things. We uh, try and highlight uh, what our land-grant colleges are doing uh, over the course of the year. In uh, April, I think it is, we're going to have a University of Missouri showcase and, and highlight uh, with the help of our friends at Kaffner, uh, Dean Chris Dilbert and Dr. Scott Brown highlight some of the great work going on there. We do something similar in the fall with K-State. So that will give you, I hope, just a maybe a bit of an idea of some of the types of things that, uh, that we're focused on. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a great overview. And um, I am always impressed with the quantity of great speakers that you all are able to bring into these events throughout the year. And it's not just all in one big flash. It's uh, every month, month after month, we have outstanding programs to come to the, the membership in the club. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what, if somebody is listening and um, excited by what you're talking about, wants to uh, learn more about it and come to some of the meetings. I feel like it's a relatively uh, low membership fee to get involved and then to participate. What would somebody want need to do if they want to become part of the of the council? It is very simple, and uh, we would love to have you uh, go to our website www.agbizkc.com. And on there, you'll find information about the council, uh, our upcoming meetings, uh, news releases, things we've done in the past and so forth, as well as membership. So individuals can join the council. The annual membership dues are $95 a year. So uh, pretty modest, we think. <coughs> there's a, <coughs> excuse me, Eric, there's a uh, monthly registration fee each month for our luncheons, which I think is typically $35 or so. And uh, so that's the cost. And in return, you're going to be among uh, seating uh, among 60 to 80 people who are agricultural leaders in this region, whether they're from farm, the farm equipment sector, the crop uh, sector, seed, livestock processing, grain. We're fortunate to have a lot of people from the service sector, whether it's legal or accounting or advertising. Uh, all parts really of uh, agribusiness in, in the region. Crop insurance, uh, we've just got a great, a great cross-section. We've got about 350 members total. So it's, uh, it's a great group to pull from. And, you know, it kind of goes to uh, show that it is still a, a wonderful agricultural hub here in the center of the country. Absolutely. And, and can anyone join and be a member and come to meetings or yes, are there limitations? No, there are no limitations. Glad to have you. Very good. As long well, as you're not causing trouble. <laughs> well, with you around, you know, we have plenty of that already. <laughs> hey, I like that. You've, you, we're doing this by Zoom, although it's just going to be audio. Bob just put on his Kansas City Chiefs hat to show his true loyalty. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were hopeful the uh, Chiefs would make it another game or so further this year, but we will be grateful at the same time for another wonderful year. And I think a great, uh, a great team, great coach, um, great individuals. And we, we, we appreciate what they do. <laughs> Very much so. All right. Well, Bob, I appreciate you taking the time. Anything else to, to uh, close out with before we wrap up? 
No, I just like to thank Farm Bureau, and this goes to both Missouri and Kansas Farm Bureaus, who have been longstanding supporters and who were around the table when this idea first came up in 2003. And uh, Missouri Farm Bureau has been part of this from the beginning, and I think has always seen the value of having an agricultural advocacy outreach presence in large metro areas like Kansas City. So we all do things, you know, in our own self-interest. And this is certainly in your self-interest and the self-interest of, of a lot of others who have come together to make this uh, group significant. But we appreciate that. We appreciate the leadership. Um, I'm sorry, Garrett uh, was otherwise uh, busy today and couldn't be with us. I'd be remiss not to pay my respects to his predecessor, uh, Blake Hurst, who is one of the finest uh, people and a great helper to us uh, over the last number of years. And maybe one of the brightest, most articulate and well-read human beings I've ever come across. So uh, Blake, uh, my compliments and congratulations for all your accomplishments. Absolutely, and he was able to make it to the Ag Innovation Forum last week. And every time he'd raise his hand, I'd kind of uh, hold my breath because his questions are usually sharp and insightful. <laughs> they certainly are, they certainly are. I will always remember, Eric, when we had the then director of EPA, when they just introduced the WOTUS rules. What was this, been eight years ago, maybe? And we had a meeting at the America Royal, and Blake came in uh, with a contingent, and, and he was prepared for a good and lively discussion in a very uh, civil and courteous uh, way. But there was no mistaking that uh, he had issues and a point of view that he wanted to share with the administrator. That's for sure. <laughs> well, all right. Thank you again, Bob. Thank you. And uh, thanks for the opportunity. We appreciate it.